Good morning on this first Sunday of Christmas. As we continue the celebration of Christ's birth, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church in Prairie Farm. And I'd just like to uh, say a word of thanks from Youth in Christ for those who supported the Christmas luminaries on Christmas Eve. And just a note, too, that all high school students are welcome to join Youth in Christ here at United Lutheran Church. Youth in Christ does many things for our church and our community, and your time and talents are needed to help spread the message of God's love. And the worship team that is put together annually, uh, this is something that we look forward to, of course, here at United Lutheran Church. And you may contact Jen Steyer, Wanda Nelson, or Leslie Preisel for more information. On the first Sunday of Christmas, we join Simeon and Anna, two people long in years who were in the temple waiting for God's revelation, waiting for the promised one, the one who would redeem and save God's people. Simeon held the baby Jesus in his arms and praised God and said to God, My eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon recognized the long-awaited promise was fulfilled. And Anna, at the age of 84, saw Jesus, the child, one who she could tell others were looking for redemption. The time had come. The Savior is here. So let us prepare our hearts for worship, centering our hearts in God. Friends, welcome to worship as beloved people of God, and we hear now the invocation and join in the confession and forgiveness. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a call and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Our psalm for today, Psalm of Praise from Psalm 148. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise God from the heights. Praise the Lord, all you angels. Sing praise, all you hosts of heaven. Praise the Lord, sun and moon. 
Sing praise, all you shining stars. Praise the Lord, heaven of heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, who commanded, and they were created, who made them steadfast forever and ever, giving them a law that shall not pass away. Let them praise the name of the Lord, whose name only is exalted, whose splendor is over earth and heaven. The Lord has raised up strength for the people and praise for all faithful servants, the children of Israel, a people who are near the Lord. Alleluia. Let us pray. Almighty God, you wonderfully created the dignity of human nature and more wonderfully restored it. In your mercy, let us share the divine life of the one who came to share our humanity, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We hear the word of God today in our first scripture reading from Isaiah chapter 61. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Here ends the reading. In our second reading from Galatians, the fourth chapter. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you, know, you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. Here ends the reading. Our Holy Gospel today comes from Luke, the second chapter. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. 
Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. Then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. At Christmas time, we greet one another, saying, Merry Christmas. It is a happy greeting. This week we will be greeting one another saying, Happy New Year. And this is a good greeting to extend to one another. But there is a part of me that does hesitate just a little. I do want others to be happy, and I believe God wants us to be happy too. I checked out the Bible concordance in the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible, Happy is found 60 times in the Bible. It is clear from these references in the Bible that God wants us to be happy. I think it would be impossible to be truly a faithful Christian person unless you wanted others to be happy too. But given the kind of year some have experienced, especially in this time of the pandemic, when many have experienced losses, an awareness of and empathy for the pain and suffering that others have or are enduring right now might be a better place to start. A blindly spoken Happy New Year may be insensitive if it is far removed from what people are actually experiencing. Our lives on this earth are not all pleasure, and happiness does not come without daily challenges and difficulties. This is the third day of Christmas, a season of 12 festival days on our Christian calendar. It is a season of joy and happiness, celebrating God coming to us in Jesus, born in Bethlehem. In the prayer of the day today, the meaning of a season is sharply focused 
In your mercy, O God, let us share the divine life of the one who came to share our humanity, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. It is in the divine life, the holy life, we have been given as a gift through the death and resurrection of Christ. This holy life is where true happiness is found. In our gospel reading from Luke, Mary and Joseph are tending to the holy. They are responding to the presence of God in their responsibilities as parents. When we encounter Mary and Joseph, they are bringing baby Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem. Jewish law required that the mother not come to the temple until 33 days had passed after the circumcision of the child. Jesus' circumcision was at the end of eight days following his birth. So Jesus is about six weeks old here. The end of the 33 days following the circumcision marked the end of the period of purification for the mother as required. And as required, Mary presented to the temple priest two birds as a sin offering. And secondly, in accordance with the law of Moses, every male that opens a wound shall be called holy to the Lord. Mary and Joseph then bring Jesus into the temple for this holy presentation. And there in the temple, they met two people who were awaiting this day. It was a day they had both lived to see. And might we say, that was a day that made them exceedingly happy. Truly, exceedingly happy. We hear it in the words of Simeon and also the expression of Anna. Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, glory to your people Israel. Simeon was ready now to die. His life was complete with the seeing of Jesus. And Anna, 84 years old, who never left the temple, worshipped praying and fasting night and day. She came and began to praise God, to speak about the child as she looked at this child, Jesus. And she spoke about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Because of this Holy One, God's Son, the bringer of redemption, salvation, an exceedingly happy day. Now, this happy moment did not come without difficulty and responsibility. In our gospel reading from Luke last Sunday, we got a sense of this, too. When we heard Mary say yes to the angel's announcement that she was to be the mother of Jesus. And Mary said, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And that Greek word translated handmaid is actually more accurately translated, slave. The decision to obey, to take this responsibility, meant a life of servanthood and humility. And didn't that make Mary happy? I have to believe it did, 
At the same time, that is not to say it was all pleasant. In some ways, there may be a bit of a problem in our English word happy. It comes from the English word hap, to have, implying that happiness is happenstance. It just happens. But if happiness depends on what happens to me or to you, then whether we are happy or not is all dependent on events around us or other people around us. It is completely outside of ourselves. It is noteworthy, I think, that of the 60 times happy is used in the Bible, 22 of these times are found in the book of Psalms. Every time happy is used, it is used in reference to our spiritual life, the holy within us. Our connection with God, who abides with us, whose love for us is steadfast. Happiness is connected to God's sacred work in us, in our lives, as well as our response to God. Listen to some of these examples from the Psalms. Psalm 34, verse 8. Happy are those who take refuge in God. Psalm 40, verse 4. Happy are those who make the Lord their trust. 41, verse 1. Happy are those who consider the poor. 84, verse 4. Happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise, O God. 84, verse 5. Happy are those whose strength is in you, O God. 106, verse 3. Happy are those who observe justice. 112, verse 1. Happy are those who fear the Lord. 119, verse 1. Happy are those who keep the Lord's word, who seek him with their whole heart. 144, verse 15. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. 146, verse 5. Happy are those whose hope is in the Lord their God. Happiness grows out of God's steadfast love and holy activity and our response. I wonder if we were to take an anonymous survey and ask everyone to respond to the question, what aspect or area of your life is most critical to your happiness? Now I would be willing to believe, without hesitation, most people would say, that the aspect of life most important to happiness has to do with relationships. Relationships in family, community, church, school, work. And what makes for happy relationships? Can there be happiness without care and concern, compassion and love? Tending to others with care and compassion and love does not happen without taking responsibility, including facing difficulty of working at our relationships, wrestling to figure out what is best, facing the challenges of choices. Our bishop in the Northwest Synod of Wisconsin, Laurie Scow Anderson, shared a recent message about the joy of a recent birth of her granddaughter and the experience of holding her in her arms. She shared how the pandemic made the prospect of birthing a baby into the world more frightening and dangerous. She is a happy grandmother, but inside this happiness 
There is a care and concern already that she has expressed for her granddaughter, that she might come to know and love Jesus. Aware of how challenging this is in our world today to pass on faith. Bishop Laurie called to mind the Russian babushkas, Russian grandmothers who taught their grandchildren about the love of Jesus even when it was illegal to be a Christian and practicing that in Russia when the Soviet Union was officially an atheist country for 74 years. It was the babushkas, the Russian grandmothers, who in the face of government destruction of cathedrals and churches and discrimination against people practicing faith, tended to the holy. These grandmothers tended to the holy and the everlasting love of Jesus, that their grandchildren might know and love Jesus too. It was old Simeon who alluded to this opposition that would be revealed because of Jesus. This child, Simeon told Mary and Joseph, is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel to be a sign that will be opposed so the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. Now, we do not live in a context of Soviet Russia, but that doesn't mean there are not cultural forces working against the spiritual well-being of our children, pushing against their identity, their holiness in Jesus. These forces are a threat to true happiness. Because these opposing cultural forces can demean a child, suggesting to a young person that their value is determined by their skin color or their body shape or their wealth or their gender. There are powerful messages like this all around in social media that say when and how you are accepted or not saying when you are of value and when you are not of any value, saying when you have love ability and when that is questioned and when shame is communicated. As people of God, we believe the deepest value of our lives is the holy in us. And we are the beloved ones the love of Jesus Christ for us is everlasting. It determines our identity forever. It is with this deepest value in mind that our Bishop Laurie Scow Anderson wondered if she and we could be like babushkas, that we all could be like Simeon and Anna, pointing to and holding up the holy that our children and grandchildren might know they are loved by Jesus and that they might come to love Jesus too and live happy lives. Maybe our bishop said we can FaceTime with our grandchildren to do bedtime prayers together. Maybe we could take the idea of another church whose knitting group knitted, knitted prayer shawls for all the confirmation students with a lesson on prayer included with the gift of the prayer shawl. Or maybe, as a grandparent, we could invite a grandchild to tell their faith story after we, as a grandparent, have told a child, our grandchild, about the way we have seen God's love at work in our lives. 
Maybe we can all become like temple grandparents, like Simeon and Anna, recognizing Jesus, pointing out Jesus, sharing God's holy love in Jesus with a child or a young person. That is truly where happiness is found. And so I say to you, Happy New Year. Amen. Please join now as we confess our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And let us pray now for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, for all people according to their needs. Lord Jesus, as we celebrate your birth, we are aware of pressures and forces that oppose you in our culture and world. Give us courage and creativity to speak about you and your holy love for all people. Through your self-giving death and resurrection and our baptism into your death and resurrection in your holy name, you have given us a share of your divine life. This is our true identity, that we might know true happiness. Grant us your Holy Spirit, that we and all who we care for may be deeply grounded in this holy identity as beloved children of God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Our lives belong to you, O God. We are aware today of those who are most vulnerable. We pray for their needs, especially all children and youth. We pray for those who suffer abuse or who are neglected, the hungry, the exploited, the bullied, the lonely. And this week we remember before you the infants of Bethlehem slain by King Herod. We pray that all children and youth may be protected. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless our elders here in our community, in our congregation. Bless them with the peace, the joy, the hope of Simeon and Anna. Embrace those who are isolated because of the COVID-19 pandemic and grant to all opportunities for being connected to the community of Jesus and his love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As 2020 comes to an end this week, we ask you to help us to overcome the heartaches and griefs of this past year and to welcome 2021 with hope. We pray that you will use us to serve those who are despairing, Bring relief to the hungry, the homeless, and the jobless. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Come to the aid, O God, 
as COVID-19 continues to spread, heal those who are sick, protect families and friends from being infected, support healthcare workers, give continuing success to the development of vaccines and their distribution. And we pray for all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit this day. We ask for healing for those from our community, Colleen Sung-Hee, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Sandy, Perry, Sally, Bud, Gary, Adele, John, and those we named before you. Grant them your healing grace, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Risen Lord Jesus Christ, you went ahead of us into the grave and defeated the powers of sin and death and the evil one. We remember before you today those who have died and gone before us in the faith. As we remember them, especially those most dear to us, inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope. And of that day, we'll be reunited with those who have gone before us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. People of God, we give thanks for all of God's gifts, for the gift of the Christ child and the hope that Christ brings in our lives. And we give thanks for the gifts that support the ministry of United Lutheran Church. Thank you for your gifts, and may God bless you in your stewardship of all God's gifts in your life. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with abundant gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in our offerings given in thanksgiving to you to serve you in this world as a sign of your merciful love and grace through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God. Amen.